welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me today. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a couple different topics. Number one, some changes that we're seeing coming up in 2024 and what those are going to look like, not only for 401ks, for some people, and then also social security. Of course, cost of living and Medicare Part B premiums will be going up for 2024. How much? Well, we're going to talk that on today's episode. And then I wanted to go into a little bit of a discussion about one of the most difficult questions there is out there to answer, to provide people a straight up answer. But so many people have this question and they always pose it to me. And this question is quite simply, am I on track to retire? Do I have enough saved to retire? Or based on my age, I'm 62, am I ahead of schedule? Am I behind schedule? What should the average 62-year-old have saved for retirement? So that will be a big discussion on the second half of today's podcast. But if you haven't already, check out my website. It's retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. There's 145 other episodes, previous episodes, that you can enjoy right there on the website. You can submit all your questions. All listeners, I'm sure you've got questions about retirement that you can submit right there at the bottom of the website. And you can also sign up for a 30-minute coaching call, retirement coaching call with yours truly. We can talk about your personal situation and strategy for your retirement. So you can book that right through the website on the homepage. So retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. All right, let's jump into today's discussion on changes that are going to be coming up here in 2024. One of the biggest changes, and I am a certified financial planner, and I have a study group of other certified financial planners that actually have become friends of mine, and I ran this by them. It was a change from the Secure Act 2.0 bill, and there was like one or two of them that was aware of it, but the rest were not. And so for those people that are working that are over 50, 50 or over, you have what's called a catch-up contribution. And you might be thinking, a catch-up contribution? What the heck does that mean? Well, there are limits what you can contribute to a 401k, 403b, employer-sponsored retirement plan. And for the people that are under 50, it's $22,500 for 2023. Now, for people that are 50 and over, they allow you to contribute more than someone that is younger than 50, and they call that a catch-up contribution. And so they allow you to contribute an extra $7,500. So in total, someone could contribute $30,000 to their 401k in 2023 as long as they were 50 or over. And well, of course, they could afford to do so, right? And I was curious, so I had to do a little research, and I found a Vanguard report. I was curious how many people that are 50 and over that are eligible to do to make the catch-up contribution, the extra $7,500 into their 401k or employer-sponsored plan, how many people are actually taking advantage of some or all of that catch-up? 
contribution. And Vanguard report from 2022, they looked at 1,700 retirement plans like 401ks, and they found that 16% of people that were eligible, 50 and over and eligible, were contributing some or all of that catch up that $7,500. So very, very few people, 16% of people 50 and over are contributing more than $22,500 a year to their 401k plan. And I think that's to be expected. Now, here's where the confusion kind of starts is for those high income people. And I cautiously use the word high income people because high income means different things to different people. But what this new Secure Act 2.0 is saying is for anybody who earns more than $145,000 in 2023, if they want to do the $7,500 catch up to their 401k starting in 2024, that catch up has to go into the Roth 401k. You don't have a choice. You cannot put that $7,500 catch up in the pre-tax 401k. And again, I ran this through my study group because this is a brand new law within the Secure Act 2.0. And of the certified financial planners I asked, only one or two of them actually knew about this. I was one of a few. And you might be thinking, well, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is there are a lot of 401ks out there that don't have the Roth 401k available to them. So here we've got just a couple months away, starting in January, those 401k plans or 403b plans, they're going to have to change and allow participants to be able to contribute to the Roth bucket, the Roth 401k or 403b, because starting in January for those high income people, this law says, hey, you're no longer going to be able to contribute that catch up contribution, any or all of that $7,500 to the pre-tax side of the 401k. And ironically, I'm actually working on two cases, two new clients that both they make well over that $145,000. And this is like complete news to them. And one of them, again, doesn't have access to a Roth 401k. So that change is going to have to come pretty quick. There's a IRA expert, and you can read a lot of his stuff online. His name's Ed Slot. A lot of financial advisors like myself go to his tax planning boot camps, and they are very expensive. I mean, we pay uh, thousands of dollars to attend, but he's a very, very bright guy. A lot we can all learn from him. And I was reading an article where he was quoted, and he is saying, quote, there's no way this will happen in 2024. The biggest financial institutions take a long time to build infrastructure to incorporate laws, and here, they don't even know what the laws are. And this is an article that I'll link in the show notes. High-income retirement savers may have to pay tax now on catch-up contributions eventually. This is from the USA Today. So big change there, but also let's think about this. Let's say somebody is earning $150,000 this year in 2023, and they're maxing out their 401k with $30,000. So that means if they make $150,000, they are getting a tax deduction on thirty. So they're being taxed on $120,000 of earned income. They're getting that $30,000 is going in all pre-tax and therefore their income is reduced. Their taxable income is reduced down to $120,000. Simple enough. 
with this new change, the way it would work is next year for the same individual, the first 22,500, the, the annual limit, they could put in the pre-tax side of the 401k. But the additional 7,500 would have to go in the Roth side, and they're actually paying the taxes on that money. Well, why did Congress like this? Well, that's an extra $7,500 that this person is paying taxes on. So federal income tax revenues went up for this segment of the population of people, which is rather small. Like we said, only 16% of people are taking advantage of this catch up in any way, shape or form. So of course, kind of in summary, Congress, they want more tax revenues coming in now. And this is one of the ways that would certainly accomplish that. And a very similar question that I get in regards to this topic is, how much should I be saving for retirement? How much should I be putting in the 401k plan or other retirement account like a Roth IRA? Well, if you ask an advisor who's going to follow the Dave Ramsey principles, I would tell you a rule of thumb is 15%. 15% of your household income should be saved for retirement every year. And Dave Ramsey's done a lot of research on this. And that's why he recommends 15%. And as a rule of thumb, I recommend 15%. But for someone that's behind schedule saving for retirement, sometimes it can be more than 15%. But I was curious, and of course, I'm always doing research on my end. I looked up a couple articles. One was called T. Rowe Price says you need this much save for retirement based on your income. And this will be linked in the show notes if you want to read it. So T. Rowe Price, again, this is a huge investment firm and money manager that's well-known, like another Vanguard or Fidelity type of company. Well, they did a lot of research, and guess what? They came up with 15%. You should be saving 15% of your income every year for retirement. And in this same article, Fidelity was quoted, and they were included. They did their own study to find that they recommend the ideal savings rate is 15% of your income every year for retirement. What's really, really interesting is this is a rule of thumb, 15%. For some people, it could be more than 15%. And why is that the case? Well, a higher income person, generally speaking, will have a more expensive lifestyle. So let's say someone is used to living on or bringing home, their take-home pay is 15000 a month, which is a lot of money to a lot of people. Given that the average household is a lot, lot less than that, what, around 60000 or so. So when we look at, okay, that $15,000 a month of take-home pay, well, to replace that, you will need a bigger nest egg than someone that wants to live on $5,000 per month. And not only that, but Social Security, for a higher income person, the Social Security will make up a lower percentage of that disposable monthly income. And the reason being is because Social Security caps out based on your age. For example, for someone turning 62 in 2023, if they had maxed out their earnings 
the last 35 or more years, the most they would get from Social Security every month is $2,572. So the difference of the $15,000 a month that they need to live on needs to come from personal savings. Again, we're assuming they don't have a pension. What about for someone that's turning full retirement age in 2023? And we'll also assume that they had the maximum earnings for the last 35 years well, the most their Social Security check is going to be, starting in 2023, is $3,627 per month. So again, the difference, what we got over $11,400 a month has to come from personal savings. And then if you're turning 70 this year in 2023, the most your Social Security benefit would be is $4,555 per month. So with all that being said, if Social Security is going to represent a smaller percentage of the income that they live on in retirement, the higher income people should probably look at saving more than 15%. That was kind of the conclusion that these articles came to. And the final change, I'm kind of switching gears here just for a second, still talking about Social Security, but the change that will be announced in October, it is announced in October of every year. And what I'm talking about is what the cost of living adjustment will be for 2023, which goes into effect in January of 2024. And of course, these are just estimates, but the Senior Citizens League is reporting their estimate based on June figures, that the cost of living for Social Security next year will be around 3%, even 2.7%. Now, again, last year, it was, what, 8.7%, the highest since 1981 in over four decades. So based on what we're seeing here, hey, the cost of living next year for Social Security recipients is not going to be very big. And on top of that, the inflation adjustment for Medicare Part B, the estimates that I'm reading, you know, it's over a 6% jump on that. So the lowest income segment without any kind of IRMA tax right now in 2023, I think it's around like $164.90, $165 a month. That's going to go to up about 10 bucks every month. So that's a sizable jump. But of course, we'll just speculate until the end of the year when that is announced for real. All right. I just wanted to switch gears one more time before we wrap up this episode and talk about the question that I get over and over and over. I am a retirement planner, so no surprise that people want to know one of the following questions. One, hey, Greg, am I on track for retirement or am I off track and behind? Am I ahead of schedule or behind schedule? People want to know that. Number two, they'll ask something like, for somebody 65 years old, how much should I have saved at this point for retirement? What does the average 65-year-old need? And then they can kind of gauge whether they have enough or they've oversaved for retirement. And then lastly, and I love this question is, based on our situation, how much do we need to have saved for retirement to be able to retire comfortably? It's a great question. And someone sent me an article recently that kind of got me thinking about this. And it was that T. Rowe Price article, the same one I mentioned earlier. They kind of had different benchmarks. And what this kind of represented was someone that's 60, this T. Rowe Price study is saying, 
Somebody 60 needs to have nine times their income saved for retirement. So quite simply, I use very, very simple elementary math. Somebody making $100,000 needs to have $900,000 saved for retirement. The study then looked at a 65-year-old and said, okay, someone 65 years old needs 11 times their income saved for retirement. So same example, they're going to need 1.1 million by the time they're 65. So quite often people, they kind of do their own research and their own kind of Googling or whatever it is, searching online, and they come to their own conclusions. And a lot of times those are wrong. I had a guy that brought in some articles or some online calculators, and he said, by my math, it looks like I can retire this year. And he was way off just based on a lot of different factors. Well, what were those factors? Well, number one, he wasn't going to go into retirement debt-free. So he was going to still have car payments. He was still going to have mortgage payments. And yes, I said payments because he had a second home, which had another mortgage on it, in addition to the primary residence. So when he was doing his figuring online, he said, oh, okay, I can live on $8,000 a month but he wasn't factoring in all the debt payments. He said, well, I don't live on that. Those are just payments for a car payment and mortgage payments. And the fact of the matter is, is we need to include those payments if you're gonna keep those into retirement, unless you're gonna try to downsize or sell your car so you don't have a car payment in retirement or something. If those payments are gonna exist in retirement, we need to account for them. And between you and me, if he wanted to get those paid off before he retires, by all means, I think that'd be a wise decision. But we only strenuously suggest at my company, we don't make people do anything. My company is St. Louis Retirement Advisors. We can give good recommendations to people what we would do if we were in their shoes. But the decision at the end of the day is up to the individual. But what it boils down to is if you're going to have these payments, these liabilities, also known as debts, if you're going to have these debt payments in retirement, we need to account for them. If they're going to be paid off within a certain amount of time, that's wonderful. But until they're paid off, we need to account for, hey, how are we going to come up with the money to be able to make and continue these debt payments? So I wish it was easy enough to just say, oh, you need 11 times your income save for retirement to be able to afford to retire. If we just used a rule of thumb like that, I think it would be doing a disservice to a lot of people. It's going to depend, the answer to are you on track or do you have enough saved or how much exactly do you need save for retirement before you pull the trigger and officially retire, it's gonna depend on a lot of different factors. And I'm not trying to dodge the question, believe me. It really depends on your retirement vision and what you want that to look like. Let me give you an example. Your retirement vision should not sound good to other people. I've said this on many podcasts, but your retirement vision should sound fantastic, incredible to you and your spouse if you're married. We're thinking about your retirement vision. What will we do? Will we work part-time? And now we have a source of income for five or 10 years of you planning on working part-time well, quite simply, somebody that works part-time in retirement financially will be better off than someone who doesn't work part-time just because they have an additional source of income coming in, and then maybe they don't have to dip into their retirement nest egg like someone who's not working part-time. And therefore, they wouldn't need as much save for retirement 
when they go part-time. And as I stated just a minute ago, for the people that are going to have a mortgage payment or car payments or other debts or liabilities and continue to make those payments in retirement, well, they're going to need to have all things considered the same. They're going to need to have more saved for retirement than the person that has a paid off home and paid off vehicles. And that's just because you need more money every month to make that mortgage payment and those car payments and other debt payments. And on the flip side, if you plan on going into retirement debt-free, well, guess what? You'll probably need a less save for retirement than if you did with a $1,000 or $2,000 a month mortgage. Let's next think about how you're going to spend your money. How are you going to spend your time in retirement? I have clients that they travel a bunch because their kids and grandkids are all scattered across the country and they're going to visit them. Well, traveling's not cheap. So if their kids were more local, there's probability that they're going to spend less in retirement because their family is local. I have other clients that are kind of like me. They're kind of homebodies. I just really don't like flying or traveling. I'm kind of a homebody. I like it here. I'm comfortable here. But certainly I have clients in over 20 different states and we communicate over Zoom or over the phone and it's like they're sitting right next to me. So if you don't have big plans for traveling, if you're kind of like a homebody like myself, well, you can live a very modest lifestyle in retirement. So I'm probably not going to need as much save for retirement as someone that wants to travel to Europe or overseas during retirement. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's wonderful that people want to see the world and travel and even see the country and visit different places. I have some clients that visit all the national parks in the country, which is pretty cool. So those are all factors that go into the equation of how much you're going to need to have saved for retirement. If you're going to be going on these extravagant vacations in retirement, well, gosh, you're going to need to have more saved in that retirement nest egg than someone who is like me and likes to kind of just stay low key. And I'm thinking of a client just off the top of my head. The guy, I think he said he lives on, his wife passed away and he lives on about, I think he said like $1,800 a month is all he lives on. But he doesn't have a huge extravagant lifestyle. His family's all real close. Grandkids are all very, very close. Just a couple miles of his house. Fun for him or leisure activities. He just likes to go fishing. And he has a really nice little garden that he maintains throughout the spring and summer. And he's debt-free. He drives an old pickup truck. And his house has been paid off for 20 years. So yeah, he has a very, very modest lifestyle. And you'd look at him and you think this guy looks broke, but he's the nicest guy you'd ever meet. And he's one of the happiest people I've ever met too. So think about your retirement vision. Yours is not going to be like the person, the gentleman I just described. It's not going to look like mine. In fact, in retirement, I want to coach financial planners, financial advisors. That's what I plan on doing. I'm actually doing that right now. And I really, really enjoy it. Just kind of a little part-time thing with a couple other friends of mine that are advisors. And that's probably what I'll do in retirement. So think about your retirement vision. What do you want that to look like? Describe that. And then you can back into the number of how much money you're going to need to have saved for retirement. You can see if you're on track once you know that number. And then you know, how do I get from A to B? What's it gonna take? Do you need to increase your savings? like in your 401k or Roth IRA or however you're saving for retirement, do you need to increase the pace or the amount of money that you're putting in and saving every single paycheck or every single month or year? Or are you on track and you don't need to change a thing? So that's what I encourage you to find out. 
I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful, interesting, all the above. We'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.